Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team out there as well. He is risen. So glad to be with you this morning. You're welcome to hang around with us. There are donuts and coffee scattered throughout the building, and so you're, you're welcome to come and hang out and connect with some people. If you are new and visiting Park Community Church, special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Maybe you're here with family or friends, uh, and if you come here every week, so good to see you yet again. Open up to Mark chapter 16 with me. Mark chapter 16. It's on page 853 in the Pew Bible. I'd love to have you open up a Bible and take a look at this text this morning. I love the noise of the children. I'm so glad you're here. You know what? Kids, I want to hear you say, okay, so the call and response thing goes like this. I say, he is risen, and you say, he is risen indeed. All right, so I'm going to say, he is risen. I just want to hear the kids respond, he is risen indeed. Okay, you ready, kids? He is risen. Woohoo! Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And, they, and he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this text. I thank you for Mark, who who wrote it down and preserved it for us. I thank you for the women and their, their relational zeal and love for you that sent them to the tomb. And we thank you for the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and rolled back the stone and gives us new life. Lord, the testimony of this angel that he is not here, he is risen. Lord, I pray that this morning we would experience that truth again. Many of us have been to many Easter services and we go to many church services and this is the truth that we believe and profess and sing week in and week out. I pray that we would experience it and feel it afresh again today. For some of us, this is a new concept, a new idea. Maybe we were drug here by a friend or a neighbor, and we're not sure. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the life-giving truth that Jesus has risen from the dead. We love you, Lord Jesus, and pray that you would have your way in us. Amen. Verse 1, when the Sabbath was passed. So the Sabbath is Saturday. It's, it's referred to in church history as Silent Saturday. Remember, we had Good Friday where we remember Jesus being crucified upon the cross, and, and we ended the Good Friday service with looking at the fact that he was placed into a tomb, and we're told this in verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verses 48 and 40, 46 and 47. Look at it with me. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, Jesus down from the cross, they wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock, and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Hoses, saw where he was laid. So they see Jesus taken down from the cross. 
It's confirmed that he's dead by the centurion. He's placed into a tomb and this massive stone rolled in front of the tomb to keep him in and to keep others out, really to keep others from coming and taking him. And then we pick it up in verse one. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, and so they, they go back to their homes after watching Jesus put into the tomb and stone rolled away, and they, they, they observe the Sabbath, the day of rest, the, the silent Saturday that church history has referred to this as, and people will fight and argue about what Jesus, where Jesus' soul went when he was dead, and we're not going to get into that this morning we know that he rose from the dead and people saw it and witnessed it. That's the point of this morning. But these, these women, they stop and they honor the Sabbath. They do their religious duty, their, their tradition. But all along, they're, they're, they're longing to get back to this tomb. It says, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices. This is now early on Sunday when the Sabbath had passed. So they just wait, and it's significant that on Silent Saturday, there's nothing they can do. There's nothing we can do to raise Jesus from the dead. We are helpless to bring someone back to life, and we are helpless to find spiritual life on our own. The significance of Silent Saturday that all they can do is go home and wait and trust and doubt and mourn and grieve. Welcome to the Christian life. And so they go home and they do that. And then early in the morning, they bought spices, verse 1, so that they would go and anoint him. They, they were going to go back to the tomb and do the, the burial ritual of putting different spices and ointments on Jesus' body to help preserve his body, well, to help kind of the stench as his body would actually decay in that tomb. This is one of their burial rituals, verse 2. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. I love the, the faith of these women. And I don't even know, it wasn't faith that he was going to be resurrected. They had no expectation that he, was be, that he would be resurrected. They had faith to continue to do their religious duty. They had relational zeal for Jesus. He was their friend. He was their leader. They missed him. They were mourning him. They wanted to go to this visitation. They wanted to go pay respects to his dead body. And they have this religious zeal and duty where they're honoring the Sabbath and then they're going back to the tomb to, to fulfill their customary practices. Right away in the morning, they, they get there. Verse 3 tells us something interesting. It says, as they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? I love this question. Like they're, they're zealous and they're moving towards Jesus. They have this, this mourning, grieving, relational zeal to, to, to see him again, even his dead, lifeless body, and this religious zeal to honor the tradition, even so much so that they start moving before they have all the details figured out. See, sometimes relational love and connection will cause us to act out of our feelings rather than getting everything ordered first. They're on their way to the tomb. They're thinking, who will roll away the stone? If you remember in verse 46 and 47 of Mark 15, they saw this huge stone rolled in front of the tomb. It's believed that it was about two tons. That's how much the stone weighed. They're not going to move it. And there's this interesting detail that we're told in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66. It says, The next day, 
that is, the day after the preparation, which would have been Friday, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate. It's funny that on Silent Saturday, the Sabbath, they're working. The, the religious leaders are working to, to, to cauterize their power and to make sure that this threat, this Jesus of Nazareth, doesn't get out. It says, they, they gather before Pilate and they said, Sir, we remember how that imposter, speaking of Jesus, that's their vision of him. That's their view of him. This man who did no wrong, who healed and taught. They see him as, a, as an imposter. And, and it, uh, they say, sir, we remember how that imposter said, well, he was still alive. After three days, I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. The first fraud is him claiming to be God, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the king of the Jews and the king of the world. And, and they didn't believe it. They think the disciples are going to come and steal his body away from the tomb. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting the guard Back to Mark chapter 16, verse 3. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When the women left the tomb, they had just seen the stone rolled in front of it. On Silent Saturday, when they were observing the Sabbath, the religious leaders and the political leaders, they got together and they decided to make this tomb even more secure, to seal it. This is like a mortar which puts bricks together, or a heavy wax. So the stone's rolled in front of the tomb. They seal the stone so that it can't be moved. And then they put guards or soldiers in front of the tomb. Mary and Mary had no idea what they were getting into. And their question, who will roll away the stone, is such a good question, worthy of consideration. Not only is there stone, there's a seal, and there's soldiers now in front of this. Why do they ask this question? Like, why does Mark record the women asking this question? The point of this text, Matthew 16, is that Jesus has risen. He is risen. Amen. That's the point of the text. But I think it's interesting that, that Mark, the author, he records this question. I think he does this to give some color to this passage, to give some context, to give some flavor for readers. Us, on a different continent, 2,000 years later, reading this story, Mark records this question, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? They're, they're, they're looking at this hopeless and helpless situation. They are aware of their incapability and their incompetence to do anything, and isn't that most of us, if we're honest with ourselves? I mean, some of us think that we're completely capable and competent in everything. When it comes to your spiritual life, to, to, to raising the dead, to receiving new life, to overcoming your persistent sins, or the, the wounding and the, and the wreckage that has happened to you from the sins of others, don't we feel hopeless and helpless? incapable and incompetent? And I think Mark records this question 
Because he's trying to point out that these, these women, they are, they are running to the tomb and not even their religious zeal and fulfilling their traditions and their laws can remove this barrier between them and Jesus. Not even their religious zeal, like their, their passion to be with Jesus, can remove this barrier between them and Jesus. Some people have said that the, the stone could represent physical barriers. Mental illness, chronic illness, something in your life that, that can create a physical barrier, barrier between you and Jesus. Some people have said that the, the seal, it could represent like the law, kind of like religious barriers, right? It was actually a verdict from Pilate that came down, sealed the stone. And, and that's like this religious barrier that could be created by other people teaching legalism, piling law upon you, or just your own lack of spiritual health could create a barrier. Some people have said that the soldiers, they could represent like the world and the the culture, the ideologies of the world, the powers of the world. They're there because the religious institution and the political institution got in bed together and they decided to hatch a plan to try and keep Jesus from well, they, 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 it wasn't even in their frame that he was actually going to raise from the dead. We want to make sure that these disciples don't steal his body and claim that he raised from the dead. And here's what you need to know. The Romans had all power and authority. And if they wanted to keep Jesus in that tomb, they could have kept Jesus in that tomb. They, they did everything they could have. Guard of soldiers, sealed, massive stone. But it wasn't enough to keep Jesus dead or trapped. The story goes on to tell us, verse 4. And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. See, our religious ritual or our relational zeal won't do it. It won't bring life out of death. It won't remove barriers in our lives, whatever those might be. Without God's power to raise Jesus from the dead, to move the stone, to break the seal, to silence the guards, the women's effort to get to Jesus' dead body are in vain. But because of God's power, they get something infinitely better. They get a living Jesus, a risen Savior. The stone is removed, the seal is broken, the soldiers are silenced, and the best yet, Jesus is alive. As the angel proclaims, he is not here, he is risen. I want to pause here for just a minute with a few practical questions. First one is, do you want to get to Jesus? Do you want to get to Jesus? This is a good question that we all ought to ask. Is your heart's desire to move towards Jesus? We see this beautiful picture of these women just just running to Jesus. And again, your, your relational zeal isn't enough to remove any barriers, but, but, but it shows something. Like, are you moving towards Jesus? And if you're not, that's okay. Admit that. This is the first and honest question that we must ask ourselves. 
We can't take for granted salvation and sanctification only come with honest assessment. Am I needy? Do I have a need for a savior? Do I want to grow? Do I want to walk with him? Do I want to see and surrender to the risen Jesus? Maybe your answer to that is yes. Maybe it's no. If your answer is no, or if your answer is yes, but you're like, but if I'm honest with myself, I'm really lazy, and I see all the barriers, and I just i am not working through them, that's okay. Admit that. There's a bunch of other characters in this story who weren't running to the tomb. They were back home being lazy, depressed, disappointed, disillusioned, filled with doubt. And guess what? Jesus went to find them. So ask yourself the question, do I I want to get to Jesus? And then regardless of your answer, it's just good to know. What is your answer to that question? Second question, what metaphorical stones, seals, or soldiers are creating barriers between you and Jesus? What metaphorical stones, seals, or soldiers are creating barriers between you and Jesus? And I say metaphorical stones, right? Because obviously there is a real stone, there's a real seal, and there's real soldiers here in this passage. But what they represent and what I think Mark captures here when he asks that question, when he shows us the question that the women asked, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? He's capturing this reality that there was a barrier standing between them and Jesus. And oftentimes, we we know this is the gospel truth. The barrier has been removed, right? Jesus removed the stone. He broke the seal. He silenced the guards. But often in our spiritual walk, we tend to focus on the barriers. I want more of Jesus. I, I want to be more faithful. But, 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 I keep doing these things. This is in the way. This is broken. This doesn't work right. And so spend some time this week asking yourselves, what are these metaphorical stone seals and soldiers that create a barrier between you and Jesus? And then third question, are you trying to remove those barriers yourself? Or are you trusting God's power and Jesus' work on your behalf? See, the women were incapable of removing the barriers. And the good news is they didn't have to. The good news of the resurrection is that God raised Jesus from the dead. He moved the stone, he broke the seal, and he silenced the soldiers so that all who desired to be with Jesus would have unhindered access. That's the gospel, church family. That's the good news that we celebrate this morning. There is no barrier now between you and Jesus because of what God has done. You are welcome to come and meet with Jesus face to face. Listen to the proclamation from the angel. I love verse 4. So they ask the question, who will roll away the stone? Verse 4 says, looking up. Sometimes we just got to get our eyes up, right? We got to stop looking down and have this narrow-minded, like just looking at the natural, the things around us. We see barriers when, we, when we're looking down and when we're looking at our own things and our own problems, but sometimes we got to look up and consider God's perspective and the big picture. They look up. They see that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. Great little detail. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side. This is significant that he's sitting on the right side. The right side is the side of honor and authority. This is a foreshadowing to Jesus ascending back up to heaven, sitting at the right hand of God the Father on the throne from heaven, ruling and reigning as king. And he's dressed in a white robe, represents purity and cleanness, what Jesus has purchased for us on the cross and through his resurrection. 
All of your sins, though they are red as scarlet, have been made white as snow. This angel is wearing white, sitting at their right hand. He says, don't be alarmed, don't be startled. And he said to them, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. I'm going to invite Ben and Jenny up, and they're going to just play out a song for you to just sit and consider and think about this reality that the stone has been removed, the seal has been broken, the guards have been silenced, similar to what we saw on Friday night, that the, the temple veil was torn in two. You, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ and believe in him, trust in him, you have unhindered access You can have intimacy, face-to-face intimacy with a living, risen Savior who gives you new life. I encourage you to just spend a few minutes reflecting on that as they play the song.